Whether your idea of a fancy meal includes Wonder Bread or caviar, if you have a left ear, a right ear, and something pink and squishy between them, the Daily Dollop is here to upgrade your mood on food. I'm Beans, here with co-host Onion, who recently told me that she had a friend with a cow freezer? <laughs> Thoughts? Um, yeah, this friend, I think, in middle school, she said that her family would buy half a cow, like, the 1st of January or something, and they would keep that in their freezer and then just use the cow meat for the rest of the year. And so the basement freezer was the cow freezer. Well, today we have an exciting episode ahead of us. Uh, this episode is called Quarantined Cooking. So basically a quick rundown of what we're going to do today is we're first going to recap last week's challenge of the week, do a little meal of the week discussion, then we'll dive into our daily dollop of doom. And dun, dun. <laughs> As I said doom, I was wondering if we could get some kind of like Sound demonic in there. Yeah. <laughs> demonic. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, okay, okay. But within this daily dollop of doom, <laughs> um we are going to be talking a little bit about why cook now, like specifically now coronavirus season, we're in the heart of it. Um, we've all been in our homes for longer than we thought we would be in our homes so we chat a little bit about that (laughs) that was so hopeful yeah uh then we're going to shimmy over to some ingredient substitutions and then we're going to finish with what's in your pantry um we're going to talk about hopefully unsurprisingly what is in our (laughs) pantries and we're also going to chat about some go-to kind of pantry recipes uh, then, as always, we will close with the challenge of the week and then sing a little dance. And that will be it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that part. How about, can you tell me about your favorite meal of the week this week to make up for the fact that oh. I have not sung in my dance? I can, Onion. I can. So I was thinking about this when you asked me that question. And <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have to go with Easter morning. Um, My stepmom made some homemade cinnamon rolls. I imagine, gentle and humble listeners, that you guys have had cinnamon rolls before. But the thing about these cinnamon rolls is that they're really, really good. (laughs) Oh, wow. What an interesting little thing about these. Um, I think maybe like one discernible difference from your standard cinnamon roll is that they do kind of have a hint of lemon. I think in the uh, like the glaze portion, they've got some lemon zest in there. Oh, yeah. That seems right. It's nice to get that little citrusy kick. I mean, it's really nice. (laughs) Just like a little leprechaun kicked you in the knees. Yeah, (laughs) right in the kneecaps. (laughs) That's exactly what I think every time I eat (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm going to have to do, you know, kind of, do you pay ho- homage to something? I'm forgetting my words. An homage? 
What's the difference between Hamish and an Hamish? <laughs> no idea okay so i really liked the cinnamon <laughs> rolls onion do you have a meal of the week for our gentle readers <laughs> yes i do i do i think mine was also easter and i'm not just saying this because i was the one who made the the dinner that day <laughs> but, but it is 60 uh, <laughs> percent. <laughs> that's exactly how much i would say 60 percent. but basically what it was some chicken thighs that I cooked in our cast iron skillet, which is the first time that I've used the cast iron skillet at home. Very heavy. So that it was, it was. And then I made a cherry tomato confit to put on top of that, which was garlicky and tomatoey and really good. And then we had a spinach salad also with some lemon vinaigrette. And then we got some mini cheesecakes from a local bakery that Ooh. I did not make, but were definitely the best part of the <laughs> but meal. But you did support. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was good. And then I used the tomato confit. I blended it up and Ooh. I used it as tomato sauce for pasta the next night. Hey. So that was fun. I like that when like recipes can kind of feed into other recipes and soon mm. it's kind of like a recipe continuum exactly what i would call it yeah yeah <laughs> constantly well, eating I, yeah i guess i am happy to hear that you enjoy foods other than pork as well <laughs> I, I mean I, I, I always love hearing you pay tribute to our fellow deceased pigs uh our fellow deceased pigs? <laughs> yeah like our friends. Okay. okay 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 but i guess before we dive headfirst into this episode let, let's do a quick recap of the challenge of the week so onion can you remind Ooh. everyone what what the challenge was last week happily um the challenge last week uh our last episode was breakfast related so the challenge <laughs> challenge was to cook an egg in a way that you haven't cooked an egg before and i know that you have lots of experience with eggs so i was excited to see what you would do with this challenge tell me tell me how it worked out for you oh i would say disastrously but at the same <laughs> time really well um, sure so i tried to poach an egg twice only twice only twice, only twice. <laughs> but three eggs total. But I usually get Eggs Benedict. Well, not usually, but I like getting Eggs Benedict at breakfast places. Mm -hmm. And they traditionally have poached eggs in an Egg Benedict. I'm like, a hollandaise sauce, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I tried to poach an egg. I don't think the water was hot enough. So what you do for a poached egg... <laughs> Tell dear, me. <laughs> ...dear people, is that you put some water... In a pan or a skillet, you get the thing I read said about an inch of water. Um, and then you put in some vinegar and some salt. And then once that water reaches a simmer, you whirlpool the water. Um, and mm -hmm. then you quickly sloop or sloop <laughs> an egg into the center of the whirlpool. You take it off the heat, put on a lid, and then let it sit for like five minutes. And then you got yourself a poached egg. But what I did was mm. that but it just didn't uh work <laughs> so, <laughs> the first time my mom and i kind of tried to like eat them but it was almost more like 
drinking them. Um, that sounds which, disgusting. Yeah, they were pretty wet, for lack of a better term. So I made them again a couple days later. And this one was better, but not not great. But I am really excited to have learned how to poach an egg, at least on paper. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the hardest things you can do to an egg. Really? Yep, Whoa. I said it here on, <laughs> on air. <laughs> that is so bold. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I I also tried poaching an egg because I'm usually, like, not really comfortable with runny yolks. I like eggs, but I wanted something that was, like, in between runny yolk and, like, hard-boiled egg yolk. So I read that adding salt to your water, like, ruins the poaching process oh Um, (laughs) because it like like agitates the water in such a way that the yolk doesn't stay together and i also read that you should have four inches of water in a big pot which (laughs) felt like recipes (laughs) we really did but i did it three times and i mean i would be lying if i said that it didn't work every time Ooh, onion, you are too skilled. I just really like following directions. But how how were they? They were good. They were good. Um, I don't usually get poached eggs at restaurants, so I'm not totally sure if it was exactly what it was supposed to be. But I put the poached egg on a piece of avocado toast every time, and I like cut it and uh the runny yolk and some solid yolk in there too so Mm. i mean it was my perception that that's what it was supposed to be yeah i i mean you sent me a picture and it looked real nice so (laughs) you did you did good onion you did good (laughs) well thank you we will have another challenge at the end of this week's episode do you want to tell people how they can tell us how their challenges are going oh yeah yeah, we don't we don't just offer these challenges because we want you to suffer. We want to we want to journey through this process of like learning how to cook and exploring the world of the stove or oven in a lot of different ways. So we took it upon ourselves to create a an email from scratch. <laughs> This took about two weeks. (laughs) It was so hard. Really arduous. But if you are just jumping on the bandwagon now, and you were so inspired by these poached egg stories that you want to share your poached eggs with us, go ahead and send us an email over at dailydolloppodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us this week's challenge of the week. Also, believe it or not, at dailydolloppodcast podcast at gmail.com i am really excited to see the emails flood in (laughs) i love hearing that you've got mail (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think my favorite part is that i mean we didn't we didn't create an email we made a gmail (laughs) (laughs) yeah we did yeah, and I mean, we as we mentioned last week, we are still kind of working on that TikTok. Um, no, we're not. I think in another week or two, it should be ready to go. Okay. <laughs> sure, and then sure if, it will. If, if people want to see more content, where can they go besides that Gmail that we've forged from our own 
hands. Yeah, I don't think that they could find any content on that Gmail because only we have access to it. But um, anyone can access our beautiful, beautiful website at dailydollopodcast.wixsite.com slash home, which if you work hard enough, you can say all in one breath. <laughs> That really rolls off the tongue. I love those free website URLs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I do. I do have to say the website's pretty sick. I did about ten percent of it, um, and it might be the best ten percent. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's not where I thought you were going with that, but uh, sure. You did good too, Onion. Oh, thanks, looks- Beans. Okay, well, let's stop twiddling our tail feathers and really (laughs) dive into the next part of this episode, which is the daily dollop of doom. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I'm really liking that. (laughs) Why cook now? Obviously, as we said kind of at the outset, and as I imagine will still be relevant when we upload this bad boy, um, coronavirus is a thing. And I don't know about you guys, but I am certainly finding myself with much more time on my hands to try out new hobbies, some new pursuits. And I think one of those things has been for me and hopefully will or already is for you guys, um, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why have you chosen right now during quarantine time to really dig your heels into this cooking jam? Or why should someone else try it out? Uh An excellent, excellent question. (laughs) So I think, first of all, there are just some really practical reasons to be cooking right now. Um, I would say first and foremost, just economically. I mean, a lot of people have lost jobs or are getting furloughed, which is a word I recently learned. Um, (laughs) Fun or are just in like some sort of way in a bad place or a tough place financially right now. And cooking for yourself is significantly cheaper than buying food out, even if it is curbside. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. So I think economically, it's one kind of smart reason to be cooking now, as it always is, but maybe in a heightened way now. And then also just as far as you know flattening this curve and staying safe both for ourselves and our families it is just kind of safer and more prudent to be inside right now as opposed to being out and about at restaurants even if it is just a drive-through or curbside pickup yeah i would absolutely agree with that but i think that even though you're you're limiting yourself and staying inside and trying to be more economical, that doesn't mean that you're like limiting your options in a way of like what you will be eating. And so I think that this is also a time, I don't know, trying to trying to push myself to be positive a little bit. That we can like learn some transferable skills and really like explore things that will be useful to us once we like hopefully eventually leave this quarantine situation yeah i mean the nice thing about cooking is once you learn it like it doesn't matter if you're in quarantine or not (laughs) covid19 or covid23 like you can cook (laughs) (laughs) you really can just a lot of a lot of good reasons 
why cooking is good, especially now. Um, I think one other big reason for me and for you all too is that cooking is something productive to do because like you're feeding yourself, but it's also kind of an enjoyable time of productivity, especially because you're feeding yourself. Yeah. especially especially when a lot of us are working from home or doing school from home and most of what we're doing is just sitting at our desk on a zoom call kind of like you know slowly glazed over with our (laughs) eyeballs and our brains um Mm. when you're cooking you are standing you're moving around you are usually whistling a tune Um, (laughs) you have to you have to and it's just the fact that like I mentioned, it's like a fun kind of productivity. So maybe you have a busy day um, with work or with school, but cooking is a nice way to kind of feel like you're taking a break while still doing something that you'll have to do during the day, no matter what. Thoughtful way to utilize the time that you have to spend doing this thing anyway. I like it. I like yes. it. Yes. So what, uh, what other reasons can you think of, Onion? Ooh, I think... Um, reflecting on I mean the fact that I made dinner for my family this Easter it was a fun way to build community I think um, one of the reasons I said a while ago and anytime someone asks me about cooking is that food always brings people together so making dinner to eat with your family around the same kitchen table or around different kitchen tables that you link through technology I think is is a really beautiful way to I don't know, feel like you're sharing an experience with somebody, even if, like, they can't be physically present. I think that is very true. And (laughs) kind of a nice foreshadowing of our challenge of the week. So if we want to um, kind of truck right along, going from Why Cook Now, we have our next section, which is ingredient substitution. So, Beans, I know that we've talked about this previously in, in our lives. Um, uh-huh. And we've uh-huh. talked a lot about, like, we have similar reasons for why we enjoy cooking, but we have very different ideas about how to cook. Namely, I really love recipes, and you're an animal and think that they're not important. So I think that you use this thing called ingredient substitutions quite a bit, do you not? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, if I have a chicken recipe, I might substitute pork for chicken. If I'm making spaghetti and meatballs, I might make chicken and rice, but it's all the same. (laughs) Sure it is. Sure it is. No, I think just as far as cooking styles go, I do tend to be more of someone who uses a recipe as like a, oh yeah, that would be a cool spice to add. As Mm -hmm. far as like, oh, like this will take 46 minutes and I'll follow seven steps. You know, like I am much more of kind of a, how do we say this? freeform chef (laughs) i was actually i i kind of wanted to frame this subsection around this really delightful podcast that i listened to a couple weeks ago it's called the kitchen counter podcast which i don't know who this guy is but he's got a nice podcast so shout out to him um but he had this episode called form function and flavor and it was all about kind of ingredient substitutions and how generally when you do a substitute in any recipe your substitute is going to follow into or is going to fall into one of those three categories Mm. um for example 
if you are doing a okay let's say you're making chocolate chip cookies right sure if you a good day yeah if instead <laughs> a great day <laughs> let's take a minute um <laughs> if you instead of using chocolate chips use sprinkles then they're not they would probably be delicious but you've kind of changed the function of what you've made they're not really chocolate chip cookies anymore oh no they're, not at all they're sprinkle cookies it may be delicious but so there's kind of a way you can change maybe or how uh, ingredient substitution changes the function mm-hmm. of the dish or the food um mm-hmm. if you want to do a more of a flavor substitution and again, this is kind of my understanding of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do more of a flavor substitution and you're making maybe like a spicy arrabbiata sauce, you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, sounds delicious. <laughs> um, and the recipe calls for crushed red peppers, but you don't have any crushed red peppers. And instead you put in paprika to still mm-hmm. kind of give it that kind of spiciness. Mm-hmm. That's more... I think of a flavor substitution where although right. you're using a different, a different ingredient, you're trying to mimic the flavor. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I think that's what I do most frequently when I'm doing ingredient substitutions is because I want to try, yeah, to stay as close to the original recipe as I can get. Yeah. And like, obviously there can be like, I think most of the times that I substitute ingredients is just because I want to make something and I don't have, the ingredient but you can also obviously do substitutes if you're trying to make a i don't know like a food maybe dairy free or vegetarian or something like that right you know to kind of adjust a recipe for like certain dietary restrictions or dietary choices right that Um, makes sense yeah but i know onion you're gonna give a couple concrete good ingredient substitution ideas but i did want to say if you guys are interested in that form function and flavor podcast because it is pretty nice it is on kitchencounterpodcast.com backslash 144 oh 144 from a from a friendly stranger so (laughs) what, what sorts of ingredient subs you have for us today yeah yeah absolutely so um i think the one that i do most frequently is i have mentioned that i really love to bake Um, oh i've heard that yeah you have yeah you have but most often i do not have all of the ingredients that i need for baking and usually what i'm missing out on most is buttermilk um because what average family in the midwest would just keep buttermilk on hand in their fridge (laughs) when the fridge is way too full of milks anyway. So the way that you make buttermilk is like, say you need a cup of buttermilk, you'll just pour a cup of milk and then a tablespoon of lemon juice to kind of curdle the milk a little bit. You let it sit for like five minutes and then Mm. bibbidi-bobbidi, you got some buttermilk. Let's see, other substitutions. I'm not sure what uh, category this would fall under. Maybe function. But if we ever run out of vegetable oil, and again, we're baking or I use this a lot in pancakes, you can replace the vegetable oil with applesauce. And that gives the same moisture, but it also adds, um, depending on like how light the food is, it kind of adds like a fun apple flavor slash texture. 
Yes, I I think in a uh, zucchini bread recipe my mom makes, it uses like applesauce instead of oil. So I, yeah, I, second, nice. I second that sub. That's a good one. And then I think the last one that's just like more practical than unknown is I have recently started growing basil um, and I'm pretty excited about it. What's your um, basil plant's name? His name is Archibald. Thank you for asking. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but in the case that you only have fresh herbs or you want fresh herbs, but you've only got dried herbs, a tablespoon of fresh herbs usually equate to about a teaspoon of dried herbs. And that's just like a, it's like a nugget that you should always keep in your front pocket. Can I can I give you a uh, a cooking trivia question? I oh, I'd like love that. Know. How okay, many okay. how many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? Oh, oh shoot! I think, think it's like think on this, gentle gentle listeners. <laughs> uh, is it like three and a half teaspoons? I think it is three on the dot. Um, <laughs> I like that's that. That's a helpful if tip. It's wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Hey, once again, if you want to write in and let me know that I was wrong on air, that's <laughs> daily dollar podcast at gmail.com. The G stands for great googly moogly. <laughs> <laughs> little known fact. All right. Well, I think it was good to do a little ingredient substitution chatting, especially in a time when grocery stores are all out of toilet paper and also <laughs> food items. <laughs> well, Always we should do important. a section on good toilet paper subs. <laughs> um, what do you use to make tamales? What are those leaves called? Oh, corn nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Just a helpful substitution. <laughs> Just a thought. Okay, so last, maybe most exciting section. Mm. What's mm. in your pantry? Mm. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, hello, John Cena. Um, <laughs> first thing that Beans and I are going to do here. Oh, that onion and I. Come I on. Beans. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> first thing we're going to do is tell you what is in our pantry. And to gamify this, um, the first person who says a repeat of what the other person says stutters or otherwise messes up. Mm -hmm. um, Hmm. Yeah, wh wh what's at stake? <laughs> I never thought we'd get <laughs> Literally this Literally nothing. How about a roll of toilet paper? That's big in these times. Like I'd have to mail you a roll of toilet paper? That is or I just like can't thing. use toilet paper for a week? Oh, I was thinking before. <laughs> okay, I can do not, that. Not, I'll definitely not. do that. All right. So we're going to get started. Just to, give, just to give a little bit more, you know, kind of a preface. Mm -hmm. is that with all of us being stuck at home, we are looking in our pantries more than ever. <laughs> that was a good reminder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that all you wanted to say? <laughs> no, just that like now that we are in quarantine, uh -huh. we're actually realizing what we bought months, years, and sometimes decades ago. And... So with that in mind, we wanted to share some common items in our own pantry <laughs> in a gamified edition. So okay. Anya, if you'll be so kind as to start, I will give you a countdown from three. Okay. And then you will say something. Are you ready? Okay, I think I'm ready. <gasps> three, two, one.
Corn. Salsa. Beans. Chips. Green chilies. <laughs> um, crushed tomatoes. Dried raisins. Or er, raisins. <laughs> Super dry raisins. <laughs> Raise barbecue sauce. Trademark. Peanut butter. Jelly. Ketchup. Mustard. Sauerkraut. Soy sauce. Hoisin sauce. You don't have any hoisin sauce. Yes, we do. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Bees. Green beans. Yellow beans. Don't believe it. Uh, we don't have them. You have to mail me toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be too cly. That's the bad kind. <clears throat> so kind of shimmying from what's in your pantry to actual recipes that we can make from these things that are always in our pantry that maybe we don't use as much as we should. Onion, do you want to do you want to shed some light on a nice quick little recipe or snack that we can do from pantry ingredients? My all-time favorite snack from when I was a child that I still eat is a peanut butter honey quesadilla in air quotes because I know that there's no cheese in it. And but no dia. Also, none of the dia. <laughs> Thank you for your wisdom. Um, so I put peanut butter and honey on a tortilla, and then I put it in my handy-dandy skillet, and then I warm it until the outside is a little bit crispy, and if I'm really feeling crazy, I'll sprinkle some cinnamon on top of it. That actually sounds pretty good. It's delicious. Um, how about how about you counter counter me with that? Yeah. With a maybe heartier meal. Well, yeah, I would say um, I think the biggest thing when I think of just like random stuff in my pantry is just like canned veggies. You know, so like many corn, veggies. green beans, peas. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of any other vegetables there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that maybe one of the easiest things you can do with this is whip yourself up a nice little veggie minestrone soup. Whoa. I mean, we all have canned veggies, and we all need to eat, so what better to do than <laughs> whip yourself you up You are drawing soup. some conclusions. <laughs> and it's also, I mean, it could be a nice, healthy way to kind of interrupt your daily frozen pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> hourly frozen so yeah i think also i think just kind of soups in general great thing to use maybe random pantry ingredients because yeah. soups i think you can be so flexible with them and it's such a good way to sneak in some tasty veggies yeah, I think my second recipe that I was super proud of um, yeah. had a surprising vegetable as well in it. Um, also, Leaf. No. Wow. Okay, so what does Okay. This... <laughs> okay, so this here soup that I'm thinking of in my brain. My older brother, he is the world's biggest fan of chilies. And now that he is a real-life adult, he has started making chilies. And once he came home really pleased with himself because he crafted us a pumpkin chili, which did not taste at all like pumpkin, but it had like a nice creaminess to it that Hmm. I didn't really expect. 
So all that you need for pumpkin chili is pureed pumpkin. And, and then standard chili ingredients. Standard chili ingredients, like your chili powder, your cumin, cumin, onion powder, garlic powder, uh, radishes. Beans. No, no, no. You keep throwing in weird things. <laughs> <laughs> Just beans and maybe some tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, but it was really good. And didn't you have a fun fact about pumpkin puree? Some sort of high number, I don't know what it is, <laughs> of American homes have pumpkin puree at any given time of year, which basically means it just clarifies what we already knew, that Americans are always ready to eat pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> or pumpkin chili. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, um, well, thank you for that super big fact uh, <laughs> it's like a fill in your own percentage kind of. <laughs> uh, 10 20 oh, 70 but okay yeah i guess i guess the uh the purpose of this section is kind of just to show that we have some i mean our pantries are veritable grocery stores in and of themselves I and who are we to not shop there whether it is a honey peanut butter tortilla or a minestrone soup or a nice hearty pumpkin chili don't say that you don't have anything to eat just by looking in your fridge you gotta check the pantry too wow that was was really beautiful there's like a good commercial for pantries (laughs) anyways i think that is more or less the end of our daily dollop of doom bum, um, bum, bum. so as always we wanted to end with a nice challenge of the week so onion can you hit our gentle listeners directly in the nose cushion i don't know where that is but <laughs> it- i surely will <laughs> um my challenge for this week is to invite a friend to make a recipe with you, even if you can't be together, and then eat the meal together, and then you'll just be united through your taste buds. I have to say, onion. The couple times that we've cooked the same recipe, it's nice. It's it is really nice. So, just to recap for today, um, we talked about our meals of the week. I mentioned some cinnamon rolls and onion um, kind of tooted her own Easter meal horn, although it did sound very nice with some chicken, some cherry tomato confit. I never I know how to say that I have no idea. Confit. <laughs> and some local bakery cheesecake. Then we descended into the Daily Dollop of Doom. We talked about why cooking now, talking about some practical things. Also, some productivity and community building reasons. We shimmied over to ingredient substitutions, where I told you guys about a dope food podcast called The Kitchen Counter. And we also talked about some good baking subs. And then also, we told you just some random ingredients in our pantry. And then talked about recipes you can make with said ingredients. So... Onion, is there anything else we need to bestow upon these gentle listeners? I don't think they could handle anything else. That's true. Their hands are full of chili. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, folks. 
Well, although we cannot legally leave our homes except for cases of emergency, we are now legally going to put an end to this episode of The Daily Dollop. Stay inside, eat your Wheaties, do your laundry, and we'll see you next week, same time, and anywhere in the whole wide world. Okay, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) That was like two seconds longer of laughter than you'd want optimally, you know. Oh, no. I lost my train of thought. No, no, that's okay. I like stepped out of the train station.